In terms of revenue, so SaaS is still in, – well, what we do in marketplaces, we don't – we have our gross bookings or our GMV. Uh, we don't book that as revenue. We book only the net. So if you look at the gross, then the marketplace is a lot bigger. No, if no, you just look at net, the net, just then net. Net SaaS is still bigger than marketplace in terms of our net revenue. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is V. Schreiber. He is the founder and CEO of Freightos, the digital backbone for the trillion-dollar international freight industry. Previously, he was CEO at Light Tech, which was acquired by GE, and founder and CEO of Unicorn, which was acquired by IBM, along with many other successful exits. He has a PhD in computer science and is author of Fizz, which tells the history of physics as a novel. V, you ready to take us to the top? Yep. The history of physics as a novel. That sounds like hell. <laughs> well... <laughs> for me, then. for me, right? For me, for you, uh, it sounds like Fair this might enough. be great. So, wh- first off, wh- why write the book? Some bo- people are interested in the uh, universe. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, they may like it, and it sounds like you won. What does it mean, though, through a novel lens? I mean, could a non technical reader like me that does not have a PhD in computer science read it and enjoy it? Yes, if you're interested in science, then you don't need any background. It's a, it's a story about a girl who time travels and has uh, chats with Galileo and, and Newton and Einstein. So you learn about how, uh, you know, how over the centuries we started to understand the universe uh, in, a, in a pretty informal way. Um, but you've got to be interested in, in the matter, but it's, it's totally non-technical. Interesting. Okay, good. Well, no, I, I'm very interested in the matter, but I've, read, I've tried to read some of these very technical books and I go, oh my gosh, this is uh, very difficult to read. Uh, no, it's not very technical. Although once, you know, once you get onto relativity and quantum mechanics, the concepts are a little bit tricky. But there's no for, formulae, uh, nothing at all technical. All right. For those of uh, those folks that missed our first interview back in May of 2017 together, what does Fredos do and what's the revenue model? How do you make money? Yeah, I mean, uh, Fredos does a couple of things which are all related to making international shipping just way easier. Um, the model, in a way, is passenger travel. We, we want to, to make it just as easy to ship a container from China to the U.S. as it is to book a flight from China to the U.S. So we're all about making uh, freight, air and ocean uh, international freight are uh, really easy using modern digital techniques. Um, in order to do that, we have to do a few things. We have to help to get um, data about rates and capacity from the carriers to the freight forwarders and from the freight forwarders to the importers and exporters. In the end, it all it all funnels through to freightos.com, 
which is a public website, a little bit like uh, Booking.com or Expedia, but for uh, international shipping. So in the end, we, we give you the modern digital experience. There's quite a lot of infrastructure behind that to, to actually get the data and the prices and, and the routes. So what is the equivalent of like Delta and American Air in your world? Well, Delta and American Air, <laughs> oh. both, uh, they, they both do a lot of cargo. Um, so they are uh, they, they have cargo departments. Uh, you know, below the you're familiar with the upper deck where the passengers sit. But on, on the lower deck is not only your luggage but also cargo. Um, both of those are companies we have a relationship with, of course. Uh, but the other equivalents, of course, are. Um, in, in Ocean, Maersk Line and, and CMACGM and Costco. Uh, so, so you may not, you may or may not know those companies, but for Ocean, there are, there are big carriers who, who you would not be familiar with. Um, and then, what typically happens is you typically don't work directly with uh, Delta or, or American or, or Maersk Line. Uh, typically, you work with a with a freight forwarder who's a bit like a travel agent, but they're taking care of the whole door to door. So they, they um, move your stuff, you know, all the way. Uh, companies like do they FedEx take a cut? Yes. Is there a middleman? Is there a middleman tax there? They are uh, yes, they're they're a middleman. Uh, they, they certainly take a cut for arranging the whole thing door to door, for making sure that the truck connects with a ship or, or with a plane. Uh, they also typically get it through the U.S. Customs, uh, which has become more complicated with with all the tariffs uh, that keep changing at the moment. So, are you putting them out of business? Are you disintermediating them, or they you need them? No, we're giving them a digital platform, um, so we're not disintermediating them. Uh, but we're making sure sometimes there's two or three freight forwarders involved. We make sure that there's um, you know, no more than you need. Uh, and in certain cases, you could work with the carrier directly. But in most cases, we're enabling the, the freight forwarders. Uh, some company, I mean, some the companies, you know, you know, FedEx and UPS also have freight forwarding divisions. And then other big companies you may not have heard of, may not have heard of like um, CH Robinson and Hellman and Panalpina. These are very big freight forwarders. Yeah. When you and your executive team sit down at the end of the year, what's like the big value usage-based metric you track? Is it kind of tonnage shipped, number of freight forwarders that put at least a dollar through your platform? Like what is the metric yeah so it's it's sort of both it's actual dollars through our platform how much was spent on our um on our platform but but that also sort of depends on prices which we can't control so as you correctly guessed we look at tonnage uh, for air freight and number of containers for ocean freight tonnage for air freight and number of containers uh for ocean and is the reason that you measure it based off uh, the tonnage for air, but number of containers for ocean is because the number of containers are standardized. It's always the same tonnage per container. Uh, well, just because that's the way the ocean industry works. There are these standardized containers, which you see, you know, going up and down the highways, 20 foot or 40 foot. Um, so it's very easy to count. Uh, air freight doesn't go in a standard container. It goes in loose in most cases. So we measure it in, in kilos or, or tons. I see. Interesting. Okay. So the company was founded in 2012. Do you know the information, the, the life of the company? What were those metrics? Tonnage of air freight, number of containers per ocean, how much have gone through your platform? Well, funnily enough, we only started uh, our platform um, in 2016. Um, and the reason for that is that before, yeah, but the reason is, you know, Actually, we, we mentioned sort of Expedia. So if you think about the history, when Expedia launched, uh, I think around 97, um, the, the data for air travel was all collected by companies like Sabre and Amadeus, who'd been around for, for decades, actually. Um, so they had all the the, the backbone of the, of the data, and they could start marketing. In our industry, there was no such thing. So we had to spend the first four years 
building the equivalent of Sabre and Amadeus, getting all the data from the freight forwarders, the, the data, the rules, the uh, in order to have automated pricing. Because if you call up a freight forwarder, you do not get a, a price instantly. You get it after two or three days. So we had to create that infrastructure first. In a way, we had to be like a Sabre or an Amadeus who collects all the data. Uh, Why did people give it to you early on before you had scale? What leverage did you have to convince them to give you the data? So we actually provide them, you know, SaaS software as a service to help them automate their own pricing. So these big companies like Hellman and Palapina, CH Robinson, they're using our technology in-house. So you call them up to get a price quote. It actually comes back uh, powered by Freitas. So so they're using our technology in-house to to make their uh, price quoting much more efficient. Um, and then secondarily, that then enables them to sell online, both on their own websites if they have, but but especially on Fredos.com. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So 2012 to 2016. So you were doing revenue in that. That wasn't all pre-revenue. You were doing revenue on the SaaS model. We were there. doing revenue and, and that SaaS model is continuing to grow. Um, and then since 2016, we have the actual the public platform, which is like a marketplace where you can uh, where, where you can compare. We don't we don't publish um the actual uh, volumes on that, but it's growing very rapidly. It's growing, you know, at least 100 percent a year, if not more. On all of the things, total dollars to the platform, air freight tonnage, and number of ocean containers. Yes, uh, typically. I mean, this year the prices have been a bit soft. So the, for example, in air, the tonnage has grown more than the than the dollars. But yes, they're all growing rapidly. Yeah, that's interesting. Can just because I'm totally uneducated in the space and I don't know what's good or bad. I don't know if a hundred tons or a hundred you know billion tons is is big or small. I mean, can you give me a general range? Be as vague as you want. Uh, well, I can tell you that the world market. I was just looking at that today. The world market is thirty million tons a year in air or ocean. In air. Okay. In air, and in ocean, I forget how much it is, but it's um, tens of millions of containers. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to say how much we do, but I will say that we're the biggest online. So we do more. We're still a tiny proportion of the world market, um, but we do more on the web than anyone else by some, by some measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, your penetration of what you think the total market value is, is obviously, you know, the smaller it is, you know, you could argue the, the larger area and room you have for growth. I mean, so would you quantify yourself and say you're, you, you right now have less than 5% of the market, you still have 95% that you can go tackle? Oh, yeah, I can tell you that we're less than 1% of the market. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and But that's not because someone else is bigger. That's because 99% is still done offline. Um, there's another area behind the scenes. I mentioned that we're also doing the the, the rate management. And so in air, in air we're particularly strong. Uh, we were just uh, getting – I just got an update today, actually. So air freight forwarders, 30% of the world market is using our platform. So we have an amazing market share there. Uh, very few companies of thirty percent of the world market. Thirty percent so, of the freight uh, forwarders that do air. Of the air freight forwarders, yeah, yeah, exactly. The freight forwarders who do air are using um, Web Cargo. The, the Web Cargo is the name of our platform for freight forwarders. How, how many total do uh, do the whole market? Like, how many are there total? Um, well, there's um, so there are about ten thousand air freight forwarders. There's about a hundred thousand freight forwarders in total. Um, and we, we don't have, th- we don't have 3000, we have about 1,500, but we have most of the big ones. So, uh, although it may sound like we have uh, 15% of the market by volume, we have 30%. Okay. Volume 30. Interesting. That's really good. Okay. So 1500 meaningful ones that you have, uh, and, and you said they make up the, uh, the majority, the 30% of the market. You mentioned the air freight market was 30 tons per year. So you're basically, or 30 million tons. 30 so you're basically saying, tons. you're basically saying those 1500 freight for air freight forwarders that use you represent about 10 million in tons per year in the air. Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, I mean that's that's pretty significant market share. Now, what, one thing I want to understand about kind of what you're building because um, this is a business model, right? I'm going to turn away from your industry and more into SaaS in general. But marketplace plus SaaS, there's a lot of companies really killing it doing this. You started it sounds like with SaaS and use it as leverage to launch a marketplace model. Before I ask more questions here, I'd like to understand the significance of each. So, you know, to the extent you can in the last 12 months, what percent of your total revenue would you attribute to the SaaS model? versus the marketplace cut you take. Right. And by the way, those are closely related. You know, the reason you're, you're quite right, this combination of a SaaS-enabled marketplace is, uh, is a model which uh, people are pursuing. Uh, and they're doing that because it helps to solve the whole chicken and egg uh, problem of the marketplace. So in our case, uh, and you referenced this before uh, correctly, Nathan, you know, by, getting, by selling SaaS to the sellers in the marketplace, we were able to engage with the sellers even before we had liquidity in the marketplace. Yeah, the buyers, the buy side. And the sell side, actually. The sell uh, side, because okay. Because the freight forwarders are typically selling. Um, so in our case, a lot, of, a lot of companies use this strategy to, to engage the buy side, but we actually used it, uh, SaaS, to engage the sell side. Um, and have the freight forwarders ready to sell on our marketplace when we launched it. Um, in terms of revenue, so SaaS is still in, in, well. What we do in marketplaces, we don't. We have our gross bookings or our GMV. Uh, we don't book that as revenue. We book only the net. So if you look at the gross, then the marketplace is a lot bigger. No, if no, you just look at net, the net. Just net. Net SaaS is still bigger than marketplace in terms of our net revenue. Okay, I mean, what, are we talking like SaaS is eighty percent and net revenue on marketplace is twenty percent? Uh, yeah, a little more than 20% now. Okay, fair enough. Okay, 25% net. Uh, that's interesting. And you, sorry, which one did you say is growing faster? The marketplace is growing faster. Interesting. You know, selling SaaS to freight forwarders is a great business. It's growing at a a good clip. Um, but we already have significant market share, especially in air. So it gets, once you're 30% of the, of the world market, it gets a little harder to grow fast. Um, and you know, 200% growth will, will have got the whole world market. So we're starting to, um, starting to slow down a little there just because we're so big already, yep. uh, marketplace, like I said, we're less than 1% of the world market. So, uh, that's growing very rapidly. Have you passed a, a billion dollars in GMV through your platform yet? Yeah, you're, you're uh, twisting my arm here and uh, not going to go into any more specific section. Well, I, I'm curious when you. You gave me earlier numbers of containers and numbers of things. I'm curious. You can give me the total, what you think the total market is, right? So the, uh, on the 30 million tons a year that go through the air and the 10K, uh, or sorry, and the other, the 20 million containers that go through oceans, what's the total GMV on that as a market? The total GMV of the world market? Yeah. So no, let's just be specific. Number of containers uh, for ocean is 20 million containers, right? Uh, annually. Oh, that was a rough number. I need to look that up. In okay. the air, I had the number at the top of my head. What's air? That was order of magnitude, tens of millions. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the, the total market is about, um, at the carrier level, um, both air and ocean are each at about 100 billion, uh, order of magnitude. Okay. Um, and then when you add the freight forwarders, they resell it, then that gives you another 300 billion or so. Yeah. So, um, so just so to be, the total, I was going to say, sorry, let me make sure I understand that. So you, you think there's about 400 billion. In other words, if you processed 100% of air freight right, shipping, you think that's a $400 billion GMV business? No, air, air on its own is about uh, order of magnitude 100 billion. To be more accurate, it's probably 70 to 80 billion uh, order of magnitude. Ocean is a little bigger, but maybe 120 billion. Um, these numbers are not 100 percent accurate because there are different estimates, but but they're definitely order of magnitude. Yeah. Well, um, so you're, you're, you're saying direct carrier. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Direct carriers 80. Direct carriers, uh, air and ocean together would be about 200 billion. 
And then the freight forwarders who resell that uh, at, a, at about 300 billion. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Order, order of magnitude. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, and then again, are you, is it as simple as you taking a percent of GM3 through your platform or is the, your marketplace model different than that? It is, yeah. We, we, we have slightly distinguished. We take a slightly higher percentage for um, ocean, uh, for air, slightly lower percentage for air, uh, for ocean. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of nuances, but, but basically it's a percentage uh, of the GMV. Yeah. Yep. Now, I'm not going to push here because I'm certain it differs based off volume and who your partner is. But just so I can get some kind of range, is it between 0 and 10%? Yeah, can, well, that I can tell you, actually. We're quite open about the oh, percentages. We're, okay, we, what's we're that? We're just uh, a little more discreet about the total volumes. Um, so we take, uh, it basically comes to, from the sellers, we take 2% in ocean and 4% in air. Okay. And from the buyers, we take 3%, mainly to cover the financial fees, so the credit or the credit card. 3% on ocean and air? Okay, got it. Because that's not really to do with our ocean. That's really to do. That's not the cost of sale. That's really the financial cost that costs the credit card. Pro- that covers credit card processing or credit if they if they want to pay later. So, so on one cargo, what's it, by the way? What's it cost to ship one cargo container from Hong Kong to LA? Um, yeah, order of magnitude, depending if it's door to door or not. Uh, so let's say two thousand dollars is an average. Okay, so uh, two thousand dollars is an average order on our on our marketplace. So if you set up that two thousand dollars, what you're saying is you'll take because it's ocean, you'll take about two percent, right? So that is uh, four forty dollars uh, on the seller side, and then you'll take three percent, right? About sixty dollars on the buy side. So you're making essentially a hundred bucks per cargo container shipped. Correct. Interesting. Okay, very cool. Um, last few questions. I got deep into this and then missed some other macro stuff. Uh, last time you were on, you said you raised about fifty million bucks. Still at fifty, or have you raised more? No, we've raised more. We've raised ninety-five million in total now. Jesus, that's a lot of dilution. Why did you have to raise so much? <laughs> well, we're going after a big, big market here. So uh, you know, we have people around the world. We have uh, customers around the world. It's a big market. So uh, I'm not worried about uh, dilution so much. I want to make sure that we're capturing the you know capturing the industry. Yep. Team size today. How many people? Uh, we're, um, creeping up on 300. Okay. How many engineers? Um, about yeah, the best part of half of that, maybe 120, 130. Okay. And any quota carrying sales reps? If so, how many? Uh, we do have, yes. Um, we, we have, you know, both on the buy side and on the sell side, um, order of magnitude, um, 15. 15. Okay. So not a, actually not a ton relative to, to what yeah. I imagine your scale is. Um, yeah. Okay, good. So 15 folks. And then look, there's any- a lot of digital marketing as well, right? It's they're, they're backed up by the direct sales. Um, and for the big forwarders, we need direct sales, but, but a lot of our marketing is digital. Yep. And when I, if I asked you how many customers do you serve today, how would you answer that? Well, we serve 1,500 trade forwarders, uh, like I mentioned uh, earlier. We serve, and then we, the buyers on our marketplace is, is thousands. Uh, I don't remember even exactly the number, but it's uh, uh, quite a few thousand. Yeah, but you, uh, the reason I ask is, so you consider the freight forwarders your customers? Um, both, but yeah, technically the freight forwarders are our customers. Yeah. You, when you, um, la- when you last came on, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess this number went up when you came on back in 2017, you said on average, these freight forwarders, you had about a thousand back then, I think you said, and they put about $12,000 in terms of what they paid you per year on average. Uh, when you add up kind of total volume, they put through you, has that increased? Well, it's probably decreased because we now have a free offering for freight forwarders. So some of them pay us nothing. Yeah. 
Um, Just so say on, you're paid on, at the top end, yes, we have we have more guys who pay us, you know, six digits. We have we have guys who pay us uh, two, three, four hundred thousand a year, and we have more of those. But then we also have more at the lower ends. So I'm not sure the average has gone up. Interesting. So just to be clear, over the past two years, the trend has been you have gotten way more value from your top five percent of your customers, right, in terms of more volume through your platform. But you've also opened up top of funnel as well, even more with your free tier. So there's more people coming in and getting started. Yeah. Very good. All right, Zvi, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh my goodness. I haven't uh, actually read a book. I read sort of, you know, bits and pieces. I haven't read a book for a long time. Um, I still like the, um, that, that classic innovators uh, dilemma. Yeah. You gave crossing the chasm last time. Yeah. No, I no, still like that as well. Good. I haven't forgotten it many years ago, but I haven't <laughs> forgotten it. Yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? No, not really. Number four, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? What was number three? Oh, sorry. No, that was number three. Favorite online tool. Sorry. Favorite online tool for building the company. Yep. Um, Well, we use, uh, you know, I'm not sure if this is your question. We use tools like salesforce.com. We use Segment. Um, uh, And actually, maybe our favorite tool is Domo. We use Domo a lot for business intelligence. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I sleep well, seven hours. Okay. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, married kids and, and two grandkids now. Ooh, exciting. How many kids? Yeah. Four kids, four kids, two grandkids. And, uh, my big daughter had uh, baby girls. Yeah. How exciting. Twins. That's very exciting. Yeah. All right. And how old are you? I'm 50, 50. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh, no, nothing. Uh, you know, I think it's fun to uh, learn as you go along. I wouldn't want to uh, spoil any of the learning experiences for my 20, 20-year-old 20 self. Guys, there you have it from Zvi, working with over 1,500 freight forwarders, creating an Expedia-like experience for uh, both air uh, and cargo containers uh, on, on oceans. Believes the total market there on the air side is called 80 billion in terms of GMV. Uh, they've got 30% right of this market share, uh, 1,500 uh, of those freight forwarders using them, but they're the ones that do do it a lot, right? There's 10,000 total, but those 1,500 that they've got do it a lot, a lot, a lot. On the ocean side, 20 million containers or caught tens of millions of containers uh, per year. They believe they have less than 1% of the market, so lots of room to grow. Over $90 million raised to continue to grow this. Again, they make money by on the SaaS platform. 75% of their revenue comes for that. About 25% comes from their marketplace, but that is growing drastically as they take 4% or 2 to, 2 to 4% on the seller side, 3% on the buyer side on both ocean and air. So v, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.